How you doing? Good? Yeah. Man, I am glad to be here. Who loves our pastor? Yeah. Already had me crying once, man. I, I just want to say, even as the church, skip, I love you, brother, and we love you as our pastor. Let's give Pastor Brent a hand. And, and you know, we can say as a, as a staff how much we love you guys. This is the highlight of our week when we get to come and worship with you guys, when we get to come and share what's on our heart, and we just love it. And, of course, my first love is Seaside. Guys! Yes! And I hope you're not all here. There's a lot of cheering. And, and Pastor John at Sam DeSham, man, we just want to say hello. And those that are watching online, we love you guys. Um, it was back in 1997. Can you believe that? 1997. I was in high school, obviously. Maybe you didn't know that, but I was. I did go to high school. I did finish high school. <laughs> Pretty cool. Anyway, it was in that time I, um, I decided we were playing a lot of touch football where I grew up. I grew outside, grew outside the city in La Pro, and we were playing a lot of touch football, and I started to think I was pretty good at this. And actually, we were playing tackle football with no equipment, and we were a bunch of boys. There was like 15 of us kids that grew up close, close to the same age. And I believed I was getting pretty good at this sport. So I decided that I was going to try out for the football team in high school. All right, and I decided that I was going to do this, and I went down and I saw Coach Hughes, and Coach Hughes was a nice guy, and, and later on I found out that everybody made the football team. They needed a lot of guys, so that was kind of in my favor, but I didn't know it at that time. So I'm going into the high school, and he gives me this bag of old gear, and that was kind of exciting, and I remember putting the gear on, and the first alarm should have been when I put the tights on, the tights, and my, my legs hung out the tights kind of like olive oil's legs by Popeye, you know what I mean? Like the tights didn't touch my leg anywhere. I was quite skinny, so I'm there, and that should have been the first alarm, and then we're walking down to practice, so I'm excited, I'm going like, to change, so I'm going to be on the wall at St. John High, this is going to be a big deal, so I'm going down pretty confident, as we're going down, I'm noticing these guys are pretty big and pretty excited, and there was a guy, and his name was Nipper, Nipper, if you're watching, how you doing, man, I haven't seen you in like 20 years, um, but anyway, that should be the first alarm too, Nipper. So we're sitting there, and we're walking down the field, and these guys are excited, and they're going on, and, I, and I'm getting a little bit nervous. Then we pull in. I thought Coach Hughes was the only coach, and I get there, and Coach Villardo showed up. And doesn't that name sound loud? And he was loud, and he was yelling at us all the time, Brewer, Brewer, line up on the line. And I remember having to get down, and I'm lining up, and I'm ready, and then Nipper lines up. And Nipper's head's about the size of this. And he's there, and he didn't have horns, but I know he had a tail. And he was there, and he got down, and the way, and then the coach is like, all right, we're going to tackle. I'm thinking, tackle? I'm not, anyway, tackle, so I'm there, and all of a sudden, he blows the whistle, and we're going to tackle, and Nipper digs a trench with all fours like this, and he hits me, and down I go. And at that moment, when I, who's had the wind knocked out of them? Yes, I should have known that that was it. And the guy's yelling, Coach Flutter, Brewer, get up, Brewer, get up. I'm like, why are you yelling? I don't want to get up. Get up. And at this point, I knew I should have immediately at that time ran home to mom. <laughs> because mom had Coke bottle glasses on, and I was wonderful at everything to mom, like we are, right? So I should have went home, but oh, no, I had to keep going. So Brewer, line up for practice, and they, they throw this football. And you know the other thing? The only reason I did this was for this. I was going through the whole thing for this. I had to have this jacket, which I never got. I had to borrow this. But I had to have this I know. Brutal. Brutal. Anyway, and for this, and you know what? And I got the girl anyway. 
So I didn't even need this. So anyway, I'm there, and now it's like, Brewer, run, you're going to catch the ball, and we're going to chase you down. And I'm, okay, all right, I could kind of run. I, I ran from dogs and stuff and never got caught much. But at that moment, as I'm there, a car pulls in. Sean Sullivan, if you're watching. This guy pulls in. This guy showed up late for practice, late for games, left early. So what's that mean? He's good. And he's real good. And the way he, he has his own car. So he pulls up in this car. I'm going to say it was a cool Camaro. I don't remember, but let's go with that because it makes the story better. Anyway, he pulls in. And it was almost like somebody turned the music on when he pulled in the yard. The music started. It was like, man, this guy. And the door opens and he gets out. And he's got the curly hair on his legs. In high school, the curly hair, I should have been, I'm out of here. Curly hair, I still don't have curly hair on my legs. So anyway, this guy gets out and he's big and he's cool. And he's the one that's going to chase me down. So at this moment, so they throw the ball, I catch the ball, and I run. And you guys know what it's like to run when you're getting chased? It's about this fast is what it feels like. And I remember Sean running up my back and running me and driving my head into the ground. And then the whole team jumps on top of me. And I should have known immediately I should have bailed and left that. Immediately I should have said, you know what? I don't think I'm cut out for football. And at that moment, if I would have made a decision a few minutes ago, I would have saved what? A ton of embarrassment, a ton of pain, and I wouldn't have had to try to walk around without football. I never did play. I did sit on the bench. I think I played one game. We were up like 80 to 2 because Sean Sullivan played the whole game, <laughs> knocking guys out. He doesn't even know my name. I know it. They, if they, they don't even believe I was on the team, probably. I was on the team. If you look it up in the yearbook, I was on the team. But this guy, I, I should have made the decision at that moment that no way was I going to make this team. And I know in life, lots of times we make the wrong decisions, right? We make immediate decisions that affect us permanently. We make decisions that totally affect our life today. The current life that we're experiencing today can be traced back to a decision that was made way back, right? In real life, not just funny stories, but in real life. Like, and even the shrapnel of those things that have happened to us, the things that we've been hurt with or the decisions that we've made can scar us today. And I know even for a lot of us, we could be sitting in pain even right now for a decision that we just made and we haven't even been found out for it. And that goes with following Jesus too, that, you know, many times we get called and we need to make a decision right away and we don't. We sit and wait. I know Pastor Brent a few weeks ago was giving out a $100 gift card. Who remembers? If you would have known, how fast would you have come? But if we were calling you to go tell people about Jesus, we just don't do it. And this is true in my own life. It really is. And we're, for me, even in addiction, if I had of, one sec here. Maybe if I would have made a dis different decision in junior high, hanging out with some different people, it might have saved me from a lot of years of addiction. Just one decision. Maybe it was in a marriage. If you hadn't looked at that email, if you hadn't answered that Facebook request, right? If you hadn't just done that one stupid thing, everything might be different. 
And sometimes there's a lot of us that can never get past that, and we think that that's written in stone and that it's over. And I love what it says in Mark. We're going to pick our story up here in Mark, and this is a story about Jesus calling his disciples. Who knows that a disciple is? Right on. And a follower, a worshiper, a servant, that's what that is. And in this part of the Bible here, he's calling his disciples for the first time, and I love how they react. And we're going to talk about that here. So let's read this in Mark 1, 16 to 20. As Jesus was walking along the shore of Lake Galilee, he noticed two brothers fishing, Simon and Andrew. He watched them as they were casting nets into the sea and said to them, come follow me and I will transform you into men to catch people instead of fish. Immediately they dropped their nets and left everything behind to follow Jesus. Walking a little farther, Jesus found two other brothers sitting in a boat, along with their father, mending nets. Their names were James and John and their father, Zebedee. Jesus immediately walked up to them and invited the two brothers to become his followers. At once, James and John dropped their nets, stood up, left their father in the boat with the hired men, and followed Jesus. The title of our sermon today, what we're going to talk about is called Lose the Weight. Don't worry, W-A-I-T right? We, we do. We wait for so many things, and it's time we need to drop that. We, we ponder, and we make decisions. We think that we can wait, and I love what Jesus does with these guys, and these guys, as they see, Jesus was a teacher, and they had already heard of Jesus a little bit, and they knew he was a, a, a master, a teacher, so when he, they, they had seen some kind of stuff going on, and if you read a little before this, you can see that, but he says, come follow me, and they immediately drop their stuff and follow him, like, like, you, you see what this, like, they drop it. They totally leave it and immediately follow him. I love, there's, a, there's another account, and it's in Luke 5, 1 to 11, and it gets a bit more detail on this. It's someone else telling the story. Same story, just a bit more to it. So a couple different accounts. And I'm going to go through this. I think we have a bit of it on the screen, but I'll, I'll paraphrase some of it. But Jesus was preaching on the shore, same thing. So he was preaching, and these guys were, were mending their nets. So they were done fishing for the day. They put their nets away, so they have to wash the salt water out of the nets. They have to do a bunch of things, so it's not that easy to go back fishing. He starts teaching off their boats, and when he's done, when he's done teaching, he says, he calls these guys, he says, he's finished preaching. He said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. And they say, master, which means teacher, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And at this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Peter realized what had happened, he had fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. He was just doubting what Jesus said a few minutes ago. For he was awestruck with the number of fish they had caught, and the others with him. His partners, James and John, and the sons of Zebedee were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. I love that, that look there because the nets were full at that point when they left to follow Jesus. So things were good. They had fished all night. And he said, throw your Throw your nets out, catch something. The boats were full. I know for me, it's much easier to say yes to Jesus when everything's empty, right? When I don't have anything. 
I can say, oh, yeah, I'll follow him. I know me in the height of my addiction is sometimes, oh, yeah, you know what, God, I'm in. I'll, I'll follow you. I'll do this. You know, your marriage is struggling. You're going through divorce. You, you just feel when there's nothing left. But when things are seen to be going well, do we follow him? And the, the nets were full. And I know for me, I can't even tell a friend about Jesus sometimes. But these guys left everything to follow him. We need to lose the weight. One of the other titles I'm going to talk about, we need to drop it like it's hot. We do. When, when you, it's just so practical, though. When you hold something too long and it's hot, what happens? You get burned. Man, I am sick and tired of getting burned. Right? Over and over. Because who's, who's dumb fault? I should have left when Nipper almost killed me. And I stayed, and Sean Sullivan pretty much did kill me. All for something that I never even got. And I still got the girl. What, what was it? Jesus loves us enough that even in our mess, even when things are, are, are good or bad, if we follow him, things start to change in our life. It's funny that I want everything this promises me, but I won't drop anything and follow him. I want all the promises that he says this will give me, and I won't take 10 minutes a day and read it. But I want everything. And then I'll get into it a bit and I'll pick the pieces out that I want. And then I'm expecting great things. And I'm not even halfway in. Let's be honest, church. Like We think we are sometimes and we're, we're just dipping our toe in. But I want everything it says. I want my marriage fixed now. I want my addiction gone now. I want a different job now. Well, maybe spend some time and get to know me, Adam. Well, let's get the job first. And then I'll get to know you. And the thing is, to be honest, more so than these disciples, is that we actually know more about Jesus today than they knew about him then. We know that Jesus died for us. We've seen all the miracles. We've heard. We see miracles, healings in our church, people's lives being changed, including mine. We see things over and over. But we still don't follow him. All these guys, Jesus said, follow me. And they said, okay, man, there's something special about this guy. I'm going to follow him. And yet we don't. And one of the questions we're going to ask today, I'm going to ask a couple, but what has God asked you that you need to do immediately? In our own life, what is something God is asking that you know you need to do immediately? When we say yes to Jesus, things happen. Fact. When we say yes to something he is asking us to do, whether it's simple, tough, hard, things happen. Things change. And the question we're going to talk about is what happens, or we're going to explain this, what happens when we immediately say yes to Jesus? When we drop it like it's hot, when we lose the weight, and we say, you know what, God, I'm going to follow you despite of what is going on, despite what I think. I'm going to follow you. And I found four things to be true in my own life as I did this. Four things, and I, and I believe they're important for us in our church and in every walk, that these things just start happening. And the first thing that started to happen to me is I got moving. When I said yes to Jesus, when you say yes to something, you got to do something. I said yes to Jesus, and things started to move in my life. And things will move. When you say yes to him, you have to take a step. You have to take a step. I love, uh, it's kind of ironic, but Brent and I were fishing last, well, the beginning of the summer, yeah, I know. And in my own life, to, to keep moving and moving forward was a thing, and I had some practice in this. So I know when I was asked something, I probably should say yes. 
Um, especially when it's a spiritual mentor or a brother or somebody that I respect that, and if I know it's something God has asked me. So we're fishing, and, and I just stepped into the full-time recovery pastor role, and I was excited about it because I was comfortable, I knew. And at that time, Brent said, hey, man, why don't you be the West Side campus pastor? And I was like, yep, pretty much that quick, within the first five, ten minutes. And then I got home, and I said to Julie, I said, that guy's supposed to be my friend. And he asked me to do that job when he knew I couldn't do it. And he knew I'd say yes. I can't believe this guy's my friend. Why would he ask me to do that? There's no way I can do it, man. Oh, and Julie's like, what is your problem? It's like 11 o'clock at night. But if I would have thought about that, guess what my answer would have been? I would have missed out. Like, I, I love you guys. I would have missed out on so much so quick because of what I thought. We, we don't answer quick enough when he's calling us. Like, man, you need to pick up the phone and you need to talk to your wife about something that you did. You need to be honest with your boss at work. That person beside you that has been struggling and you have the answers and you haven't told them, we need to get moving. Most of us don't like to move because we know it's going to take a bunch of moves. The first move is saying, yes, I'll follow you. And then we got to make a bunch of moves. And most of us, frankly, can't even be bothered to make that decision anymore. But you need to believe that, that you will come through that, that you will push through. Some of us will move from death to life. You just will. What you think is dead in your life, if you think you're dead now, you will move to life. Fact. And you start to see it different and things start to make sense. And what you thought was life before might actually be death now. So the hell that you think you're in probably isn't hell. Jesus is the answer to that. And saying yes to him is a big thing. If you want something you've never had, then I need you to do something you've never done. This is elementary stuff, especially if it's from me. It's very simple. Very simple. The next thing we get when we get moving and this is one of the things I love is we start to get results. We start to see results. Like when you go to the gym. You know when you go to the gym the first time? One time, and I know you all do it because I do too. What do you do when you go home? Look in the mirror, baby. One time. Oh, yeah. Can you tell? First time. Ooh. Dude, first time and we're expecting results. And what happens when you don't see the results after a little bit? We quit. And that's not how it works with Jesus, though. You start moving, and you're going to see results. When we immediately say yes to Jesus and we follow him, things are going to happen. We see results in our marriage. You see results in your workplace. And even if the results don't match up to what you thought they were, because you're moving in the right direction, they're going to make a lot more sense. We start to heal. Little results, little things start to happen. We start to celebrate little things. You know what? We get in a group. It's like, you know what? I'm going to follow you. Maybe I should get in a group. And we start sharing what's going on. I know for me, uh, one of the big things in, in my journey was kind of stepping out in faith, was, was sitting with people and just kind of talking uptown or, or praying over people. And, and sometimes it didn't work out the way I thought, but it was still a result. And there was this one time I was in Sobeys, and there was a guy walking, and he, he had a bad hip pretty good at actions, aren't I? And he had a, he had a hip, and I, was, and I walked by him, and I was like, no. I just, and you know the feeling, right? So 
I went back, and I, and I said, hey, man, I said, I just know you have a limp. Do you mind if I pray for you? And he says, hey, brother, brother, you're too late. He pulled up his pant leg. He had a peg leg. <laughs> I was like, okay, man, see ya. <laughs> and away I went. And but, 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 I got in the truck, and that was probably the first time that I laughed with Jesus. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I had a moment with my father that shaped I'm telling it was so funny and so fun. I'm telling you, I la- it didn't scare me. It didn't stop me from doing it, right? I love to tell a story, so he was giving me ammo. That was cool. It depends how you look. I started to see results, and I love what it says in Mark 1.17. This is super important, and we need to look at it. It says, Mark 1.17, it says, drop the nets, come follow me, and I will transform you into fishers of men. I love how it says that. you guys get that? Come follow me and I will transform. It doesn't say, I will transform you, then, I will, then you'll follow me. How many of us want that? And how many, does that keep us from going further? Because I'm waiting for the transformation. Now I'm going to come up and we do healthy things. We come for prayer. We go to group. And it's like, oh man, I'm getting transformed, but I'm not changing anything. Yeah, God, you need to take this addiction from me. I'm not going to rehab. You need to, I'm not going to marriage counseling. That's dumb. You're going to heal this. No, no, no. You're going to follow him, and then he's going to transform us. So don't be looking for the results in your life before you make a move. I love this bodybuilder, Ronnie Coleman. Um, you guys probably don't know who he is. Some would. But he always said, everybody wants to be a bodybuilder, but nobody wants to lift some weights. Right, he knows them. It does, and we move forward, and we're expecting results before we make a move. He does not say, "I will transform you," and then drop your nets. It does not work that way. Have you been hoping for transformation without your move? Have you been sitting in that seat over and over and over again? And you won't make that move, and you're scared to death of that move. And you know what? It's not that big, and you're going to see results that are going to encourage you. In the transformation is where we see results. I've seen more results in the immediate yes from people I've worked with in counseling, from people I've seen at Celebrate Recovery that I've seen at our campuses. More and more I get people that call and say, hey man, I really want to be a good man. I really want to do this. And um, Depending what your addiction is, if it's girls or if it's... Um, the internet, if it's whatever, and it's like, man, okay, you got to stop hanging out with them. Well, the easier said than done. Okay, whatever, man. I, I, I love on you, and I'll always tell you the truth, but things are not going to change until you're willing to make a sacrifice. You know, results. Um, I was talking to a friend, and I won't share his name, but it was pretty cool. He came up to me, and he said, I used to own an electrical company, not him, me, and uh, still kind of do, but not really. <laughs> anyway, he... Um, he came up to me and he says, are you the Adam, Adam Brewer that owned Brewer Electric? And first of all, I'm kind of like, uh-oh. What's that mean? Did I burn your house down? No. But I'm, uh, so he, he goes, uh, I said, yeah, I am. He goes, you know, down on Dominion Park Road, there was a dump truck that ripped the lines off my house. And you came. I'm like, yeah, I remember that. And he says, I was in the hospital with an aneurysm. And you sat and prayed with my wife. And, that, and you know what? The, the funny thing is, is that was four years ago. I was clean for about three weeks, four weeks, a month. In your mess is when you need to move, and you will see results 
And he will move you into new territory and he'll experience things and, and you'll come alive. Do not wait at all. He will use you now. He'll fill you up. The next thing we see is we get hell out of our life. Ah, that's a good one. The hell that we've brought into our own life, all this pain, all these things, we start to see it leave. We start to heal. The stuff that actually destroyed me and distracted me, that broke us, broke you, it just doesn't seem to matter much anymore. We made some moves. We're seeing some results. We're celebrating. Yeah, we're in our mess. I, I'd, see, I'd be moving. I'd see results. I'd be praying for people at church. And I'd be crying in my truck because I just feel like I can't go on anymore. And then I'd be out moving and praying over people and Pastor Dan and Andy or Anthony and Pastor Andy be around me praying and I'd be in my truck just devastated, but I kept moving and kept seeing results. And you know what started? I wasn't thinking about that anymore. It just started to leave me. I believe we have to work through things and we have to confront those. We have to admit them, but it just didn't matter. The draw for that old thing, those old things were not there anymore. The hurts that tripped me up weren't tripping me up. The things I used to think about every day that consumed my mind just weren't there anymore. The hell that I brought into my marriage, into my boy's life, was starting to disappear. And you know what? I didn't do anything except follow him. Made a couple moves. Started to see him change my life. Brought some friends around me. Their lives were getting changed. People would show up in the basement that we didn't know and accept Jesus. Hallelujah. Like, what is going on? Who are you? I need you to lay on the couch. Like, what? We'd be in a small group. A guy would come in. We'd take him to the hospital. We'd pray over him, and things would start to change. It's like, man, this, this is the church. This is who we are. This stuff is really changing my life. Even some doubt sometimes. But because I was moving and seeing some results, and this hell that I used to live in that I formed myself was starting to leave. I've seen this over and over. Help me, help me, but I can't do it. Help, but no, I won't do that. Help, I won't do that. You're wavering on the immediate. There's an immediate decision that you need to make. And you know what? Things are going to drop off us. Old history. History, you guys know what I mean? Things that we've done in the past just consumes you. You can't seem to get past it. We drop old habits. We drop old hurts. I love what Paul says in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know what I love about that? We, we press towards the goal. The goal is God. And we get some prizes along the way and ultimately we get the prize, the crown with Jesus. But the goal, you gotta stay focused on the goal. And then this hell in your life, you know what? It starts to just drop off. It just happens. There's nothing else you need to do. You know, you'll end up with a good counselor. You'll end up with a good pastor, maybe, especially if you're at Seaside, a real good one. <laughs> you'll, you'll <laughs> and you'll, you'll end up with people around you that want to love on you. And we don't have to try to forget the past. Rather, just say yes to what Jesus is asking in that moment, and the past just leaves. Ooh. Come on, that's it? You mean all I need to do is say, I'm going to drop my net. I'm going to drop my net, and I'm going to follow you, and all that garbage you're going to look after, you promise? Yep. No. Yep. 
No, I don't believe it. Try it. And we do, and we do little things, and we make mistakes, and we move forward. And I love what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. It's old, man. It's gone. That's garbage, brother. It's over. History. Old habits. Old history. Old hurts. They're gone because you made a move. You believed in the results. And now you're believing that this hell that you lived in for so many years is starting to leave. When does the new life start? Now. Boom. Now. Jesus, I love you. I want to follow you. When, when do I get my new life? Now. Tonight. Today. Tomorrow. The morning. Whenever you make that decision. Now. Happens instantly. The next thing we get this is one for me that was huge and started to figure this out as we start to get purpose and passion. We get purpose and passion. And I, so many people that I deal with or talk with have such, I oh, mean, I need to be in the will of God. I need to be in the will of God. We don't understand what that purpose is. You know what your purpose is? Our purpose is to know him and to make him known. Whew. You mean all I need to do is get to know him and make him known? That's our purpose. That's it. We were not just created to pay bills. I promise you, you weren't created just to pay bills or not pay bills. And the stress that brings, there's more to it. Some of us want to change jobs, our purpose. If I get a different job, to be honest with you, me and, and work, a lot of us will probably never have a job. I have one now. But a lot of us will never have a job that you love. The job is, is a tool to do what you're really called to do. And, and if we switch jobs and jump all over the place, it's probably never going to fulfill you. But if you bring Jesus into that, if you bring your purpose into that, so I'm to know him and to make him known. If you go into your workplace and you're starting to see Susie, you know, starting to come to know Jesus and ask questions and she accepts Jesus. I'm not going to get you to raise your hand here, but who here has ever led anybody to Christ? If you haven't, I challenge you on that because that will change you. Well, I'm not an evangelist. You are so. Do you know Jesus? Can you have a mouth or a hand to write it with? If you have a life, you're supposed to live and shine like him. That'll change you forever. When you start to, I remember leading people to Jesus. We'd be sitting there and have a new person with me, be three of us. We'd say, why don't you pray the prayer with them? And they'd pray the prayer, and we'd talk about that for weeks. And it would light them up and bring them alive because God created us. In his image, we're a masterpiece to know him, to follow him, to tell others about him so they can experience the freedom we have. I know uh, in my own life, sharing my faith was one of the things that, that got me through days where I could. And I remember I'd hop in my vehicle in my truck and I would drive, I'd just drive in town and I'd park my truck and I'd just walk around and I'd sit with people or I'd pray with people. And, you know, it was there, I would do that Obviously for them, so they would, they would get help and they'd experience Jesus, obviously. But it was not in a selfish way, but some days it kind of was because it really lifted me up. It really lifted me up because what did I do? I took a step and, and I got moving. Nothing worse than sitting still. Man, when you sit still, just nothing happens. And, and how can you be fulfilling your purpose and passion? And we want these passions and we just, we just can't get them. We just can't receive them. We just can't move forward in it. And again, in Mark 1.17, I love it. It says, I will transform you into men who catch people instead of fish. 
We need to be able to catch people. We need to be able to tell people. So once we have the purpose locked down, once we figure that out, we can figure out our passions. And God wants you to have your passions. Whatever your job or whatever it is you love to do, you'd be surprised how bad he wants you to have that. You know, if it's something God can be in, it says in Colossians 3.17, whatever you do, no matter what it is in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. So whatever we do, do it in the name of Jesus. So whatever job you have, whatever job you like, you can do that in the name of Jesus. Whatever passion you have, you can do that for him. I should have listened to this. I had a friend, Bob, Bob the cop. It was years ago down in New York City. I'd spent some time in a holiday down there. You can ask me about it later. But anyway, I was down there, and uh, I remember we were, we were just sharing and sharing some testimonies and doing some things, and I remember Bob coming over to me, and he's saying, you know what, man, if you're ever asked to be a pastor, say yes. Guess how many years ago that was? Fifteen. Should have listened to that guy. Probably should have followed my passions. It's funny, when you start to pursue purpose, God will put people around you that will start affirming you in what is right. And they'll say, hey, man, did you ever think of doing that? Like Pastor Brent asking me, hey, maybe you should speak some. And I'd hug the toilet bowl. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah, no problem, man, I got that. <laughs> That's what I do all the time. No big deal. No, people will start to affirm you. And you'll start to follow your passions. And they'll come alive in you. And he wants you to be able to do that. We need to look deep inside us and see how God made us. He did not make us for this brokenness. He made us for so much more. He made us in his image so we could follow him. We need to walk through life saying, I know who I am. I know who I am. I'm his son. I'm his daughter and he loves me. We aren't just going to take the easy route. It will not be easy. Joy comes from deep within, as Pastor Brent said. It comes from deep within. Real joy comes from purpose and passion. If I dedicate my life to something greater than myself, God will fill my life with passion and adventure. And it is fun, like, like peg leg guy. Um, we had a great conversation with him. It was cool. But, um, like, man, that was an adventure. Guess who I got to laugh about it with first? Jesus. That was a cool experience for me. I don't know when the last time you laughed with him. It was a little weird at first, and then we, we just roared, and he's like, I love you. And I think the next day I was able to lead somebody to Jesus, and he's like, see, keep going. I love you. I love you, Adam. Wake up in the morning. I love you, Adam. been so true in my own life and even in a mess and with Peter um, Simon Peter I was talking about in the story he, his story continues a bit and Peter they followed Jesus and things were man they seen miracles and demons being cast out and they did a ton of things and then it came time for Jesus to die and uh, Peter basically totally cursed God denied him and said I don't know this guy I'm out and you, you need to think about that for a minute what that really means how devastating that would be if we were walking with him and we actually turned our back on him. And I know for many of us, wherever we're at, um, we've made so many bad decisions and you want to experience some of those things I was talking about and it's fun to laugh, but you just feel like you can't do it anymore. You're just like, you know what, I'm going to make a couple decisions, I'm going to follow God, I'm going to come up front and cry and I'm going to go home and do the same thing. But I want to encourage you, um, there's always time for the immediate 
And that time can be now. There's always time for the immediate, no matter what you've done or what you've missed out on or the choices you've made. There's always time. And I love this thing with Peter is he denies Jesus. I'll paraphrase it. He denies him and then he goes back to fishing. Peter, I'm going back fishing. And he goes back and he's out there fishing. And, and it's so neat. It's the same picture as before. And Jesus comes walking along the shore and, and he's fishing out there. And they, he says, how's that going for you, fellas? How you doing, Adam? How's it going? How's that working out? Oh, we fished all night and haven't caught anything. We'll throw your nets on the other side. I wonder when he said that if Peter was like, what? No, can't be. And he throws the nets over, and then the nets are so full, they begin to break. And he runs into shore. And the cool thing is, is what Peter was out there trying to fish for, Jesus was already cooking on the shore. He had fish on the shore. He already had what Peter was trying to find. And so many of us go through life looking for all these things. And I can tell you, Jesus has it now. We look here, we look there, we look here, we look there, and boom. And Peter comes into shore, and you know what Jesus says? He says, Peter, you bum, you're done. He says, boy, I love you. And today, I'm going to build a church on you. Not then, now. You're starting now. Well, I better get my stuff right. No, and guess what Peter did? Dropped everything and followed him every time. And I know in our own life, you're thinking, oh, I can't go back. It's, it's too late. It's not. There's always an immediate, and that time can be now. It can be now. I know um, I brought my journal up here. I've, I've only done this a couple times. I haven't done it in church, and I wanted to do this because I want to encourage somebody that has made some bad decisions or, or you're even maybe a businessman and, and you're in a place where you just feel like, hey, nothing's going to change. I, this is a mess. There's some things that you need to be able to confess that you just can't get open, that you can't tell anybody about because it's just burying you. All right? You don't know what God is going to do in your life when you actually make a decision. You have no idea what that can turn out to be. And I know this is back in November 30th when I was at my low, low, low. This is four years ago. And I remember, I'm not going to read a bunch of it, but I remember sitting in a dark, dark, dark place that many of us have been in. Not just addiction, guys. I'm just talking about life where it can just be just so overwhelming that we just cannot do it. And I have those days now. It just looks different. I have someone to lean on, someone to rely on. Um, and I looked and... Uh, I was going through this. I said, I'm very angry. I feel, I'm just so angry, but sorry. I just want to go home, see my boys, see my wife. I just want this to be over. And I said, God, I know I'm called to serve you, but I don't know what it is. I see my pastors up there teaching, and I believe maybe you want me to do that someday. Maybe you'll call me in ministry. I have no idea what you're up to, but I believe you'll use this for good. I'm so tired of not being a man. Please raise me up and use me. I love you, Jesus. Four years ago. And now I'm holding a microphone. Yeah, and that, that's, you know what, I, it, and it's not about, it's not a, it's not me, I just, but I'll never apologize for what Jesus has done in my life, ever. He has changed everything. Everything. I don't even look at things the same. He took my hair, but that's okay. John Robertson from Sam to Sham's got that beautiful hair. It's the only thing I don't like about the guy. But, you know, he, uh, he changed it all. 
everything, and I will never apologize. I will shout it from here. I will shout it from anywhere that the time for the immediate is now. The time for the immediate was there when I was sitting in a dark place where I said, you know what, God? I'll make a move. I want to go home, but I know i got to make a move. I'll make a move, and let's just see what you'll do. And I started seeing some results. Started seeing some results in my life. People getting saved around me, and I'm thinking, oh, Julie, what is going on? She's like, I don't know. We'd lay in bed and laugh. I think people are counting on us. Like, are they crazy? And we'd say, yes. I'd run my business, and I'd work, and I'd be all over town, and I'd meet with Pastor Brandon. On the way, I'm, I'm quitting, man. I can't do all this. And I'd sit down with him, and he'd challenge me, and I'd go back at it. And you know what? It's not me. It's Jesus in me, and I, but I, and I will say it. I will. I'll tell people about it because it's him. And I don't care where you're at or what you think you can't or can do. Jesus can do it for you. And as those disciples left everything, and followed him, they changed it all. And God has called us to know him and to make him known. And that's our call today. If you're not telling people about Jesus, you need to ask yourself what's going on. If people can't see Jesus in your life when you're not here, you need to ask. And I can promise you that there's an immediate decision that you need to make in your life that'll probably change your whole life. We're going to stand and we're going to worship. We'll pray. And as we pray um, and sing, I would just, just begin to ask yourself, what, what, is, what is in me that, that shouldn't be there? What, what is in me that is not pure? What is in me that I need to drop it like it's hot? I need to lose the weight, man. I've been waiting way too long, and it's been just a train wreck. And I know a train wreck's a coming. I've made some decisions here that I haven't even paid for yet. I know it's coming. I need to get in front of this now. I need to repent. I need to lay down before him and say, Jesus, you're my God. I love you, and I'm going to count on you, and I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to wait. I'm going to move, and I'm going to wait and see them results. I'm going to see it. I'm going to believe it. And that hell that's been in my life, it's going to leave. And, man, I'm going to pursue passion and purpose in whatever I do for the rest of my life. God, we love you and we praise you. God, we thank you so much for all that you've given us. You've given us new life. You've given us hope. God, I pray that you just continue to restore people in this church and in our community, God, that you would just give us the fire and the burden to share our faith this year, God, that this year we would just go out and, and go after Jesus like never before, God, that we would go after you and grow closer to you like never before, that we would just desire what you have for us, maybe for the first time tonight, God, and we would receive that love and that grace, God, that just wipes it clean, God, and gives us power. There's so much power and potential in that immediate. God, and that we believe, that we believe that you can do it. That we have faith and we trust God. And we say this year, I'm going to grow closer to God than I ever have before. I'm going to run after him like I got saved yesterday. I'm going to believe in all that new hope and that new strength that they teach us at church, that they teach us from this word. I'm going to open it up. I'm going to let you just pour it into my life. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.